and welcome. I'm Rabbi Nachum Nath with the Las Vegas Kolel. Sylvan Goldman was born in 1898 in Oklahoma. As a young man, he got into the grocery business. And in 1920, he established the first supermarket in the state of Oklahoma. His business was growing, and rapidly he developed a supermarket chain. In the 1930s, the mid-30s, his supermarket chains were doing really, really well, but he had a problem. Because you see, supermarkets, these were a new concept. Customers up to that point, you didn't have a one-stop shopping place to get all of your grocery needs. You'd go to the bakery for your, bre for your bread, you'd go to the milk store for your milk. The idea of a supermarket was new. People weren't used to it. And people would come into the supermarket, they would come with their little baskets, and they would put a few products into their little basket, they would go to the checkout, and they would go home. And Goldman realized that there was a problem. Their baskets were too small. If we can have bigger baskets, customers would come into my new supermarket, and they'd be able to buy more produce, more merchandise, and it would be a great business model. But the problem is, at a certain point, when the baskets would be too big, they'd, be ha they'd have too much merchandise in it. It, it would just be simply too heavy to carry. So there's a problem here. He wants to sell as much merchandise as, as possible, but the bigger the basket, the heavier it becomes. And late one night in 1936, inspired by a collapsible folding chair, Sylvan Goldman had a brilliant stroke of genius. He had an idea. What if we go ahead and we, we put wheels on the bottom of the folding chair, and we have a place that you have a basket where the seat of the folding chair would be? And in 1936, Sylvan Goldman developed the idea of the shopping cart. You have a basket on wheels, and thereby a customer could put in all sorts of merchandise into his cart. He'd be able to sell more product, and it's great. Everyone's a winner. On June 4th, 1937, the, the Sylvan Goldman launched the shopping cart in his grocery store. And it was a spectacular failure. No one was interested. They saw this new contraption and they thought, this is not for me. The women complained that they felt like they were pushing a baby stroller. The men felt it was too feminine. It wasn't for them. And no one was interested in using Goldman's brilliant idea of the shopping cart. What's Goldman to do? Have you ever wondered what the Hebrew word for Hebrew is? The answer is Ivrit. Ivrit is how you say Hebrew in Hebrew. What does the word Ivrit, where does the word Ivrit come from? And we're taught in chapter 14, verse 13 in Genesis and Sefer Bereshis, we find that Abraham, Avraham, is referred to as Avraham HaIvri, Avraham the Hebrew, the Ivri. What does the word mean? Why is Avraham referred to as the Ivri, the Hebrew? What does the word mean? The Medrash tells us it's because Avraham was me'ever la'nahar. Avraham, if you recall, he came from the other side of the river. He came from Mesopotamia, and God told him, Lech lecha go forth from your land, to the land that I will show you. And Abraham, he travels from Mesopotamia, and he enters the land of Israel. He crossed the Jordan River. He's me'ever. He's on the other side, Abraham, Avraham Avinu, he was geographically Ivri. He was from the other side. And that's the simple understanding of why Hebrew is called Ivrit. It's a reference to Avraham being the Ivri, being from the other side of the Jordan River. That's where he originally came from. What's interesting is the Medrash gives another explanation of what the word Ivri, where it's a, what it's a reference to. 
And the Medrash tells us it's from the fact that Avram was me'ever echad, v'chala ola me'ever echad. Abraham, Avram, ideologically, it wasn't so much that he physically was from a separate or differing place, a different location, but rather ideologically, Avraham, Abraham, he was on one side of the world and the rest of humanity was on the other. If you recall, Avraham of Eno, Abraham grows up in a world of paganism, a world of idolatry, of cruelty, of tyranny. And Abraham goes ahead and he preaches monotheism. But he was a yachid, he was a singular person. No, everyone thought he was crazy. Crazy. Everyone thought he is on the other side of the world. The world was going one direction, believing in their paganism and idolatry. And Abraham, he's Me'aver, he's Ivri, he's on the other side of the world, as if to say the world could be categorized into all of humanity. And then Avraham of Eno, Abraham, he's an iconoclast. He was marching to his own beat. He was going in a different direction. And that's where the word Ivri comes from. It's Avraham Ivri, Avraham who comes from the other side, spiritually, emotionally, just from his point of view and perspective, Avraham was on the other side. And that's, according to the Medrash, one of the reasons and one of the derivations of the word Ivrit. What's remarkable, however, is we do find that God tells Avraham, Lech lecha me'artzacha. God tells Avraham to physically move, remove himself from the land that he was born in Mesopotamia. You gotta leave, Avraham. And Avraham goes and he travels to the land of Israel. What was the function of God telling Avraham, Lech lecha me'artzcha, go ahead and leave? Many of the early commentaries, Rabbi Avadiyam Bar Tanura, the Torah HaMincha, and others explain that God was telling Avraham an important message. God was telling Avraham, in the land that you were born, it's a place of idolatry, a place of paganism. If you stay here too long, the ideas of paganism, those ideas of idolatry, they're going to begin to infiltrate into your psyche, and you're going to get influenced by the people around you. You're going to start following in their ways and believing the things that they believe in. So God tells Avraham, Lech lecha me'artzacha, go forth from your land. You got to leave. This is not the right environment for you. And if you think about it, aren't those two things contradictory? If Avraham, if Abraham, if he's the type of person, he's an iconoclast, he's every, ideologically, he's got the personality of, I don't care what other people are doing. I'll stand up for what's right. I'm going to go in this direction, even though the rest of the world is going the other direction. Yet the Torah is telling us, according to these great sages, that Avraham, had he stayed in his homeland, would have been affected by his environment. But I thought Avraham is that iconoclast. Avraham is that person of courage and strength of the individual. The answer, I believe, is to be found in an idea expressed by Rambam. Rabbi Moshe Maimonides, writing in Hilchos Deos, the Laws of Deos, in the Sixth Law, tells us, Derech Briuso Shala Adam. It's the way of our creation. The definition of humanity is Leos Nimshach Maisav, is that we are drawn forth by our ideological beliefs and our actions, we are influenced by our friends, we are influenced by our companions, and we will go ahead and live our lives based on the customs and traditions, the attitudes and the beliefs and the actions of the people that live around us.
You could be an Avraham. You could be the most ideologically independent-minded person in the world. The bottom line is, you will be influenced by the people around you. You will be affected by the people around you. And God tells Avraham, you got to get out of here. You're living in an environment filled with paganism, filled with idolatry, and you, even you, Avraham, with all your strength and courage and independence, you're going to be influenced by the people around you. you got to leave. A defining hallmark and a very defining element of humanity is we are impacted by the people around us. Our beliefs, our attitudes, our actions. Look at the people around you. They are going to influence you. And that was an idea that Sylvan Goldman realized. When he was trying to make his shopping cart into a popular idea, no one was interested. And he realized it's a brilliant idea, but no one's going to use it. And he recognized that humanity, we follow and are influenced by the people around us. So Goldman, who is an entrepreneur, what he did was he hired people, he paid people to go shopping in his store, pushing the shopping carts, and to walk around the store, smiling, pushing those carts. And guess what? When people walked in and they see a, a store full of people pushing shopping carts, even though just yesterday you thought it was kind of funny, it's not the type of thing I'd want to use, but wow, look, there's a store full of people pushing shopping carts. All of a sudden that becomes the norm. That becomes the standard. And it caught on. And you fast forward, you know, Goldman lived a long, a long life. He patented the shopping cart. And by the time he died, he was worth over $400 million from his patent and, and his selling of the shopping cart. A brilliant tech, a idea and a brilliant, brilliant invention that's affected you and me. How did he, what was the key to his success? He understand, understood human nature. People are influenced by people around us. We all are. It's a defining element of humanity. If it would influence Avraham Avinu, if people around someone as independent as Abraham would change his mind, if the shopping cart can go ahead and become one of the most successful inventions in all of the history of shopping centers and, and grocery stores, People around us, people around you, people around me, our social environments, the communities that we hang out with, our friends, our colleagues, they'll impact us and they'll impact you and they'll impact me. We need to be so mindful. Who are we hanging out with? Who do, what crowds and what groups do we go ahead and choose to be a part of and recognize we are massively influenced by the people around us?